Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. And now your host, Joel Wanasek. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. I am your host, Joel Wanasek. And man, does it feel awesome to be back on the mic here. And I've been really busy. We've been working on all kinds of really, really exciting things. So I haven't really been podcasting a lot lately. We've been just so, 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 so busy. And one of these amazing things is what I want to talk to you about right now. I have a very, very special guest on here, and that is Mr. Matt Brown. Hey, what's up, Matt? How you doing? Oh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It is always a pleasure to have you. And Matt, if you're not familiar with Matt, Matt is literally one of the world's best best drum techs, one of the sickest drummers and drum engineers I think I've ever met. I mean, Matt's pretty much a genius and he's worked with so many incredible producers like Elvis Bescat and Jason Sukoff, Mark Lewis and uh, Tony Battaglia and the, the list, Pete Thornton, the list just goes on. He's tech for so many incredible drummers like Alex Rudinger and Ant Sastry and you know what I mean? Like the, the list goes on of the people that you've worked with, Matt. And um, you you are what I consider the best of the best, an A-call guy. And uh, you know, I'm really excited because we've put together something with you that I think is absolutely incredible. I shouldn't say I think, I believe is absolutely incredible. And that is the ultimate drum production course. And what we decided to do is we decided to sit down here at Unstoppable Recording Machine. And, you know, we thought about speed mixing. Like when we put out speed mixing last year, uh, let's just say seven or eight months ago, you know, we we changed hundreds of people's games for them, like literally improved their lives. You should see the testimonials. I can't wait to reintroduce this and let people see the impact that it's had on their peers in the community. It, it's just incredible. Some of the progress, some of these people have made. And um, we really, really wanted to have that kind of impact here in the drum sphere. And we were thinking, we're like, you know, how can we make the be all end all drum course, something that literally takes anything that's ever been done and destroys everything and totally reframes everything and just gives you a really powerful, unique and interesting angle that's going to really help people up in their game and just totally change it. So, you know, we thought about all of the people out there that are amazing at this and all the different texts and stuff. And there was one person we kept coming back to, and that was Matt Brown, because Matt is the guy. So Matt, um, man, what can I say? I am beyond excited to have you here and to talk about this course and what's in it and break it down. And, uh, you know, um, we've opened it up and some people are already in it and experiencing it and loving it. And man, it, it feels awesome. So tell it, man, how does it feel to, uh, be releasing here ultimate drum production? Man, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on again. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and, I'm super excited about getting this course out there. You know, it's like I've always wanted to, you know, I'm one of those guys that gives away information to students and to, you know, like I love just educating people. And uh, to be able to have basically my 35 plus years of experience to be able to get that out and to share that with the world is, is just super exciting. Can I just rudely stop you right there sure. and just reiterate how important what you just said is? Because think about it like this. I mean, most people out there that are top tier guys that charge big bucks and, you know, Matt is very expensive to hire and worth every penny and many times more. Um, a lot of people that have gotten to that level of proficiency um, they're not willing to share their information with people. They're not going to come to you and say, you know what, here's everything I've ever learned. I had to do it the hard way, but here you go. I'm going to package this up in something really nice and simple for you to understand. As long as you put in the work, 
over time, you're going to just totally transform your gain. So I just really want to emphasize how incredible it is that Matt is taking the time to share with you, you know, this information, because it's just the absolute fast track of, you know, how to do this stuff right and how to really accelerate. I mean, like, God, like what I would have given in my career, Matt, to be able to access this information, because like the first time I met you and just started listening to you talk about drums, I kind of just sat back and went like, oh, wow, this, this is, (laughs) it just totally changed the game for me. I've never thought about drums like that. You know, I thought I was pretty good at drums too, you know? be when right. I met you, but oh, I, I didn't know anything. So man, so you, you've been doing this for 35 years, huh? Well, I mean, if we, if we start counting from when I play, when I started playing, which is when I was three, I'm at 39 years now. So, you know, I mean, I, I've, I was very fortunate. I do not discount the fact that I am extremely uh, blessed to have been able to grow up with a supportive family, first off, but secondly, uh, with a father who not only was a great drummer and still plays to this day, but also is an amazing engineer and has had a recording studio since I was a kid, like since I was the littlest of little, you know? So I've grown up as a play, not only as a player, you know, in a good, a supportive environment, but as a player, I started to learn the engineering side as well, just because I was around the studio and, you know, to have a mentor and, and that be my father, I, I, you know, that's, is, I I know I'm really lucky and I don't get to, you know, most people don't get to experience a life of uh, learning, uh, uh, learning a craft like I did. And I'm very fortunate. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that I'm sharing in the course is from him, but there's also a lot of stuff that I've gone even further than him into researching and, uh, you know, it's 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 really cool to be able to I, like. I'm just super excited to get this out there because it, you know it's I, I'm I'm not holding any secrets. I'm I'm li- literally telling everybody everything that I do on a consistent basis and how to basically win at when it comes to recording drums. You know, not only just get the tone you're looking for, but do it in the quickest amount of time ever. You know, it's, it's just amazing. Like yeah. I just. I'm totally blown away by that story. That's that's incredible. I I I still can't believe you agreed to do this with us, but um <laughs> I can't thank you enough for being cool and sharing your information. You know, I mean for like me personally that really resonates because I'm self-taught man and I had to really like struggle to come up and I was in a basement in uh, the middle of nowhere cornfield Wisconsin (laughs) and uh, there were no big studios or any big bands or anybody doing anything and I had to figure this stuff up and like really claw my way out and uh, I could only find what I could find on the internet and the rest was just trial and error and there was no one to hey like hey dude how do I do this right so to be able to have someone like you come in and be able to be a mentor for anybody that takes this course and just to learn from you. It's just, there's, I don't think there's ever really been an opportunity in drum production like this before. And there may not ever be again. I mean, I just, I, like I said, I kind of feel like we wanted to, with this one, the bar for us was like, let's, let's build the coffin and then put the nail on it right, you know? right. because it, it's just like, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's incredible. Like when I watch the content that you've put together, I mean, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time and I've had a very successful career. And I look back and I'm watching these videos and I'm picking up stuff and I'm like, I did not know that. That's incredible. <laughs> I never thought about that. And I'm, I'm sitting there smacking my head and I'm like, man, I kind of want to go record some drums. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, that's the, that's the goal is like, I, I hope that, that it's an, an inspirational to people and, and it makes them want to, to record, you know, like I, I feel like there was, and we're still kind of coming out of this era of 
not recording drums. You know, it's still very yeah. prominent to use only samples and only programming. And a big part of that was, you know, because it's because recording drums is difficult, you know, and I like to it's never occurred to me. It's never was at least it's never felt to me like it's it's the benchmark of a good engineer, but it really is the benchmark of a good engineer like that drums are the hardest thing to record period. There's so many Absolutely. moving parts. There's so many variables. I mean, and when you watch the course, you'll see how many variables they were. there really are. Like, there are a ton of, you know, little tiny things that can make the biggest difference. And, uh, you know, it's, it's I, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to get this out there. This is, it's, I mean, you guys have, I don't think you, you guys have really tapped into how I was actually trying to put this together before you guys asked me to do it. I've, and I, you know, been talking to my father about, you know, maybe I should put together a, a recording, you know, like drum tuning recording thing. And, and this idea had been floating around for a while. And then when, uh, when you guys hit me up to do it, I was like, yes, this is the perfect time. This, I mean, somebody's asking me to do something I already intended to do. And now this, and, and, and it's a perfect platform to do it. You know, you have such a killer community with, with just people that are just going for it. And it's, and it's exciting. I, I can't wait. You know, I've seen the success of what speed mixing has done to those people that have taken it. I've, I've seen it and I've heard it. And, um, you know, those, those people that are contacting me for, for, you know, advice or uh, feedback uh, is, you know, they've almost all of them have taken the speed mixing class and the results are fan fantastic. And I can't wait to have that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, impact on the community. I, I, I just want people to get great drum sounds. I'm so sick of hearing crappy drum sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I really appreciate what you just said. And like I said, you know, for me, cause I was self-taught, I'm really passionate about education. For me, this is about giving back to the community and trying to give people, you know, a real chance to do something and to learn like the best of the best stuff and give the, give kids, you know, or just, you know, whoever's out taking this stuff, you know, the opportunity to really, really fast track and to push the art farther. Cause it's really about the art and something I'm very, I'm very passionate about. And I, I love that you're so passionate about this. It's just absolutely amazing and such an exciting time to be alive in production. And I just can't even imagine what some of the people are going to be doing with this information like five years from now. Right. And yeah. uh, that's kind of like the thing that keeps me up in the middle of the night and gets me excited is that, uh, you know, if we can have some kind of small impact doing that kind of thing, that's really exciting. So, you know, um, for those of you guys who are listening, um, if you head over to ultimatedrumproduction.com, you can check out Matt's course here that we're offering. That's ultimatedrumproduction.com. And the course is ultimate drum production. So I think we should uh, dig in here and kind of just talk about each section and uh, maybe give these guys here some good tips. And, you know, let's talk about it. So okay. um, this course is in six sections. And the first one is anatomy. And basically, you know, from my webinars I've been doing, I'm going to say that, you know, basically what anatomy in a nutshell is, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick overview of them. Well, Matt, you can just dive in and start talking. But, sure. uh, you know, basically anatomy, you're going to learn that every single part of a drum has a sonic fingerprint that adds up to how the drum sounds. Um, and as well as, you know, you're going to learn how to like maintain your kit and repair everything. So you're going to learn all these little variables. So what can you tell us about the anatomy section? Well, I mean, first of all, it's a, it's, it's, it's a definite deep dive. Like I, I 
You know, I know drummers that don't know enough about drums to repair them, and huh. and, and you know, it's a it's most it's, don't even know how to tune. Less right, than three percent right, in my experience as a producer. Most. Right, yeah, most don't know how to tune, and that I mean, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of expected from drummers, which is very sad to begin with. You know, that's sad on its own, but then what's even more sad is if you know if something happens to break or to uh, you know fall apart, they don't know enough about the instrument to repair it and to 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 maintain it and so this first core the first part the anatomy uh basically just you know dissects the drum as if it was you know just like an anatomy course on the human body it's goes through and it tells you the guts the bones the structure everything that involves you know making up a drum so that first of all you can maintain the drum and you can repair it if something happens that's ultimately you know the longevity of an instrument is really important in a studio environment you know uh, so having a, a working equipment is is goal number one with that section but the the thing that most people don't realize is exactly what you said that each each little tiny thing that makes up the drum has a sonic fingerprint on the sound of the drum itself yeah. and to and what that does is by knowing the anatomy we can then change up the way the kit sounds by changing out some of those parts that are very affordable and easily swappable. Um, you know, so you can actually take your one studio kit that you have and by changing out maybe the hoops and definitely changing out the heads and um, maybe changing the way that it's sitting on the tom stand or whether what type of feet are on the floor tom or, you know, all these little variables, you can change up with those pieces, you can change up the sound of the drum itself to add a little bit more variety to what you have as a studio. If you're limited with kits and don't have a, a, a wide selection, you'll be able to, you know, add some variety. But more than more importantly, the end game of that anatomy section is to be able to kind of predict what pieces you'll need in order to get the sound that you want. Um, you know, by knowing that certain heads sound a certain way and that certain hoops have a certain a, a type of attack to them and that certain shells have a have a, a an EQ setting that really sits well for that for that drum for that uh, type of wood and you know those type of things start to add up and you'll be able to basically you know have the sound in your head and by looking and by knowing the pieces that are involved in the drum you'll be able to put together the perfect sound for what you hear. And, it's like uh, Sonic Legos. And that was exactly. a really important thing. Like when I met you the first time, Matt, we were on a, a drum sampling session with Al. And man, Al was like, dude, I got this drum tech. He's incredible. I have to hire him. I won't do the session. I'm like, dude, I have a guy. He's badass. We'll fly him out. You know, he's more affordable, blah, blah, blah. And Al's like, dude, no. And I'm like, come on, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, trust me, don't be an idiot. I'm like, fine, it's your drum pack. I flew down there and oh my God, he made me eat my foot. Like <laughs> it, it was crazy watching you guys just sit in a room and just be like, Ail's like, here's what I want to achieve. And you're like, okay, we're going to do this with this head, with this shell. We're going to do this. We're going to set it up over here. We're going to put the mics like this. We're going to use these mics. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, 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 show offs. And then I get in and then he, and then you started hitting drums and I started listening to the speakers. And I looked at Joey and Joe, my partners at Drum Forge, and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> like that sounds incredible. Yeah. And it was just like at that moment, it was a major aha for me that I realized I was like, man, I just 
had my mind blowing because the other techs I've worked with, they just come in and they tune drums. They're never like, look, dude, if you swap, okay, what kind of head do we need? Okay, let's swap out this, you know, this, this stand, you know, the little things like that. They don't right. think, they don't know, they don't understand. And also that was the thing that really blew my mind too, is when I actually learned that like the head was the biggest contributing factor to the sound of the drum. It, I, you know how many times, man, like a drummer's come in and be like, dude, my new Babinga shells, blah, 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 blah. Now right, I'm just like, right. yo, what heads you got on that thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, uh, you know, like it, the cars aren't worth crap unless the tires are good. And that's exactly, <laughs> you know, like you can have a Lamborghini, but if you have old tires on it, it's it's not going to drive very well, you know, and, and that's kind of- And the, the right tires. Yeah, exactly. You have to have the right tires for the vehicle. You know, like I'm just using that example because I just changed out the tires on my truck. And as soon as I got the new tires and I was like, oh my God, this is like a new, my truck is like brand new. It rides so smooth. It's so quiet. This is amazing. And that, I mean, that's exactly what drum heads do to the drum. Like you can have the best shells in the world, but if you pick the wrong head combination, you, you know, you're never going to get the sound that you want out of those drums. And yeah, it's, you know, it's funny when you, um, when you guys hired me for the drum forge thing, you know, m you know, my first reply, you know, we started emailing back and forth about what, you know, I was like, okay, well, what are you looking, what kind of sounds are you looking for? And, you know, all of this and, and, the, the first, I think the first response from Joey was like, just bring whatever you got, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I was like, okay, this is a much more detailed question, you know, detailed question than you guys are just, you know, you're just bring whatever you got. And I'm like, no, no, no. Each, each one of these drums, you know, can go, every drum can go any direction we want. So what type of style profile do you want? How much of diversity in sound do you want? You know, do you want me to pick heads that are going to stick to the rock genre? Or do you want me to pick heads that are going to kind of exemplify and be the best for that drum? Or do you want me to push things in different directions uh, stylistically on purpose? You know, there was a much, there was much more detail to that. And I think the reply was, well, I don't know, just bring, make everything sound the best that it can, you know? So, I mean, we're not used to working to guys like you because I mean, like I said, I've hired techs, but no drum tech has ever asked me any of those questions. And furthermore, um, I learned to compensate for my lack of understanding how to record drums anywhere near your level uh, by simply just becoming really, really good at mixing mm -hmm. and especially mixing samples. And right. uh, I found that once I started learning this stuff, then when a drummer came in, I, I was much more effective at kind of just like making my own samples in my own studio and just like making each drum sound a lot better. And I had a better understanding of like what heads were going to be better. And it just, it totally changed everything for me. And I, I kind of look back at that moment as that like, like I said, that aha epiphany where I was like, I don't know, just the way I view drums changed after that day. And now it's just like, oh, so it, it's really great that you're getting this information out. Cause I'm like, I went through almost an entire career without knowing it. Right. And, uh, I, I can only imagine like if I had learned this in the first year of my career, man, oh man, my drum mixes would have been so bad ass. Yeah. It definitely, that's the thing is like, you know, this, this whole, the whole course is designed around the sources king principle. And it, you know, it really exemplifies like if you get the instrument sounding good to begin with, then the mix, like everything after that is so easy and it becomes a creative, it becomes a creative decision and you're and you can work in the moment as opposed to problem solving the whole time, you know? And, and I feel, you know, I know personally as from, as a mixer and I get tracks that are not recorded by me, 
I spend so much time just trying to figure out how to make the drum sound good that it's a it's the majority of my mix time. You know, it's like let me I, give you an let me give you a secret. You replace all of them with drums that you've recorded and don't tell the band. <laughs> I, I mean, there have been a couple times that I had a kit set up in the in the room already, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to re-record this, and I'll just go out and play the same part, and they'll never know that they did. They don't know. They just don't know. Uh, yeah, but, you know that. I mean, the thing is, you work on more natural genres than I do, so right. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I you can get away. You can't get away with it like I can. Where I can just be like, yeah, I'm just gonna change snares. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of the work I do is a lot more uh, natural sounding. It's, it's. You know, if samples are used, they're used mainly as just kind of reinforcement and evening out dynamics. They're not used as as an upfront sound. And there's certain genres that that sample sound is desired. And I and I get it. I I understand where it comes from, and I appreciate it for what it is. And when I've worked in those genres, it's been my my job as the tech or the engineer to get those sampled sounding drums right from the beginning. And, you know, so, you know, that, that this course shows you how to do that. I mean, it, it really goes into detail about how to get the drums to sound like a sample from the start. That way the drummer, you know, the, the psychological response of what happens when the drum kit sounds good to the drummer is just, you can't. It's even, incredible. You can't even describe it. Like I literally had a session yesterday with with a band that I'm working with, and you know, an up and coming young younger artists. And I had the drum set up when he showed up, and they were ready to go. And he sat down and started playing. He was like, "Oh my god, these drums sound so good!" And so when it came time to do drums after we worked on the song, it's literally like he was in another zone as far as a player that I hadn't seen him play like that before. You know, I'd worked yep. with him a couple times and the drums had always sound good, but this session, this particular session was a little bit different than the rest, than the previous ones, because where I set the drums up and the way they were set up and tuned and mic'd for this particular song just fits so well. Like there was this clicking moment within his head that he just first take of every single section was like, that's probably going to be it. Okay, well, we'll do another one just to see what you do to make it, you know, a variety, a little bit variety to it. Um, I don't feel like everybody necessarily makes a connection. Like, here's here's the deal. Like, so the, imagine this. Like, the drummer walks into the studio the first time, and this is something I talk about on the we were doing on the webinars for this. Mm -hmm. You know, the drummer walks in the studio for the first time, and like, if the kit sounds like crap or it's positioned wrong in the room, isn't teched properly, the wrong things are picked for the sound and they sit down and play, they're going to get nervous. They're going to be like, man, I kind of sound like crap today. And then they're going to lose their confidence. And they got all these people staring at them through the glass. The pressure's on the label, the A&R there. You know what I mean? It's stressful. Right. Now imagine this scenario. It's like, boom, you go have gone through ultimate drum production. You are confident. You have learned from Matt Brown. Like you sit down, you get this crushing sound. You know exactly what you're doing. The, you know, the drummer sits down on the kit and his eyes open up and they go, oh man, I've never sounded this good. And they're excited. They're playing better. They're playing harder and cleaner, more right. confidently. The room is going to sound better. Your yeah. equipment, your microphone, your gear is going to sound better. It's just going to enhance its way all the way up the ladder and translate into a much better recording. And the best part is the psychology. Imagine that. Then you walk into the room like a boss and you're like looking at the band and they're all like high five and they're like, dude, this record's going to be so sick. Wait till we get the guitars if the drums already sound this good. Yeah, and then exactly. you have the band and you've won their heart. And that that's the real magic of recording is like setting that precedent. So, you know, if you guys want to get started with Ultimate Drum Production today, it's ultimatedrumproduction.com. Head on over right now to learn the science of drums and uh, the anatomy of drums and so many other things here from Matt Brown.
That is ultimatedrumproduction.com. This is only going to be available to the sixth tier coming up of March. So you definitely want to get on it because it's not going to be available this again this year. We really want to run this as a group so we can do this uh, at a peer base and everybody can learn and work together. So, all right, the second section here, Matt, in this course is the science of how drums work. Right. And the way I've got this written down here is you're going to learn how uh, drum heads work on drums, how drum heads move, and how that can make tuning a lot easier as well as you're going to learn the differences of what different materials sound like via shootouts and more. So why don't you tell us about the science? Because this is really something that I think is a cool approach that you've done that I've never seen somebody else's, you know, do. It's like you break this down like a lab. It's science and math and uh, physics, and it's really cool. (laughs) It's one of those things that I kind of always understood, but didn't know why. And then I, and then I dove in really deep as far as like, okay, I, I love physics. I'm like, if I wasn't a musician and I wasn't a recording engineer, I probably would have gone to school to be a physicist. You know, like I'm, I'm I respect that, I, but I was it. too busy chasing chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I, I, I'm all about the math and science, you know? And, um, that's why I'm a drummer. <laughs> and, uh, so once I, you know, I kind of always understood it, but didn't know but didn't know exactly why I was doing what I was doing. I just kind of had a grasp of like, okay, this is the basic concept. Um, and I reached, I, I researched a little bit more. And the thing is, is like drum heads move, uh, every, you know, the, most people would think that the drum head just moves up and down. You hit it and it moves up and down. Or you maybe those that Wait. are a little, little bit more educated think, it okay. It doesn't just go up and down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those that are a little bit more educated would assume that it ha- it travels in waves, like a like a dr- a drop of water hitting a, a still pond. You know, like it would travel in a wave like that. Okay, those two things make sense, right? They totally make sense. Yeah. But the truth is, is because the head is suspended and tensioned over a uh, circle, basically, that. Not only does that happen, but there's so many other things that happen because every, all those waves that are created by striking the drum move the head in so many different ways. And and so what I do in the course is I go into how all those, you know, the most important parts of that, I mean, you know, you get past you know, like six ways that the heads moves and you can't really hear them. The, the volume is, is so low and their contribution is so minimal to the drum sound. So it's not even worth worrying about. But those first six ways that the head move, like that, understanding that helps the tuning it's side. It's huge. I mean, it, it helps the, the tuning side so much because you you start to realize the, the connection between how much tension you're placing and the interaction between the two heads and and all of that. And the best part about understanding like the way that a head moves is like when it comes to dialing in how much sustain you want or how much how much overtone or how little overtone you want, you can kill any type of overtone or expand the sound of the drum with minimal, minimal effort. You know, like wow. I, I've known a lot of people that like to tape up their drum heads or use, you know, lots of moon gels, like big giant pieces of moon gel all over the drum head. And yeah, they, that's me. <laughs> and they still and they still don't sound good, you know? And so what, what I go into in the science part is, you know, by using the ways that the drum head moves, you can literally cut down the amount of moon gel by an by a quarter of what a one piece 
by by two little tiny pieces of an eighth of a moon gel, you can kill almost all the overtones in a snare drum just by knowing where to place them. And, you know, the benefit of that is every time that you add a moon gel to a drum head, it changes the thickness of the drum head. And by yeah. changing the thickness of the drum head, you change the attack, you change the sustain, you change the fundamental of that drum head, no matter what the tuning is. So, you know, what's the point of tuning a drum and getting it to sound good if you're like, oh, well, um, let me put some moon gel on it. And by doing that, you change the thickness of the head and completely change the tone of the drum that you liked before. But maybe you just had a little bit too much ringing, you know, like so to be able to solve those issues very minimally is is key. You know, I mean, speed and tuning is going to save you a lifetime. And then being, and then being, it really will. And then being able to dial in the tone and the sustain appropriately and quickly without changing the attack and the, and the actual tone of the drum is, I mean, I mean, that's the part that really wows people. Like, uh, that's the part that really wows drummers because, you know, they're, they're, it's their instrument and they're the ones that have to deal with the annoying ring and the snare drum that the guitarist hates. You know, they're, (laughs) yeah. They're the ones that have to come up with solutions to these problems that, you know, as a drummer, you're like, oh, that's just the way the drum sounds, you know, but to everybody else, it's like, no, it's, I want it, you know, we want the drums to sound like this you know, this sound and they play a sample that has been completely EQ'd and dialed out any overtones whatsoever, (laughs) you know? So by knowing the science, you're able to kind of, you'll be, you'll be able to dial in that sound in the room, which will not only make the drummer happy because it's like, here it is. And it was like this easy. It was so easy, but everybody else in your band, if you're playing live, they'll be like, ah, this sounds so much better and they'll play better. (laughs) Or if you're in the studio, you know, and they're sitting in there in the control room, they'll, they'll be able to hear the results immediately. And they'll, like you said before, they'll get stoked on what's coming up after the drums are done, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's such a critical point. And maybe I'm like the only dude out there who loves those really like ringy, heavy overtone snares. But you know, I go on the forums and <laughs> everybody's just, yeah, everybody just attacks them, at least in metal. And uh, it's always interesting for me because again, I sit there and I try to EQ them out and I'm always, you know, like cursing at them. And because everybody, the I'll be like, all right, this mix sounds great. Right, and the first note I'll get back is, yeah, the snare is really ringy. Can you cut all the overtones? I'm like, dude, come on, really? You know, and then it's like, I feel like I deaden it and I lose some of my body and I'm sitting there struggling right. with the drum and then I got to compensate with low end, but now the straight, the snare doesn't bloom quite as much in the mix. And, right. you know, it, it's it, a compromise. It, it loses its impact in the mix is the real thing. Yeah. It's like a lot of people don't realize that those overtones that, that the snare drum has, especially, they might sound horrible on their own, but in the mix, they help the drum sit they help it like project through everything like you know there's a lot of overtones you don't hear and i i know for me personally i love ringy snare drums i i love the way an in-tune ring sounds and but i've noticed that if you're not a if you're not a really good player that ring is very very bad and it, <laughs> and, it and it exposes your inconsistencies it's like it's like a really like a really great guitar amp you know like a really right. great guitar amp shows will as a guitar player show you all your technical flaws and you'll you'll hate it immediately you'll be like oh this is horrible i can't do my sweeps and they sound all dirty and and the, the strings are ringing but that's the sign of a really great guitar amp you know is the one that exposes your flaws and and cuz when you do get it dialed in, then people are like, wow, and you're exactly. turning heads. 
Exactly. And the, and the same thing happens with drums. Like there is good overtones that are involved. And if a drum is in tune and those overtones are, are, are slamming and the player plays well, then you won't notice the overtones. But if the player doesn't play as well, you'll definitely notice the overtones and they'll become annoying and everybody will hate it. You know, it, it'll become, <laughs> it'll become St. Anger real quick. Oh, hey, I, you know, can, could I just have an off comment here that I actually like that scenario? I'm like the only person in the world I've ever met. It sounds terrible. Oh, it, it, it sounds does. awful. <laughs> but it's a really awesome recording of a really terrible sounding snare. It's, you know what it is I like about it is it's like really aggressive and like a really raw way. It's just so pissed. Like yeah. I get angry when I listen to it and it makes me want to like punch stuff and work out. So yeah, I get um, it. That record, they were trying to do their garage days again. And I, I yeah. totally get it. Like, but at the same time, I would never sample that drum and put it on anything unless it was a reggae record. Well, here's the thing though. Everybody remembers what that drum sounds like. And That's a true. lot of recordings and a lot of drummers, usually it's like the snare drum. Like remember when Paramore dropped with Misery Business and all that? Like everybody right. loved that, that drum sound. And that yep. drum sound kind of became like the stock de facto standard for that genre for quite a while. And Side uh, note like, on that song. Side note on that yeah. song. So while um, Paramore was in pre-production for that record for Riot Riot, um, I was hired to teach Zach the drummer to, to give him some lessons to up his technique. And, um, you know, as a part of what I did with him, I didn't do a lot. I did basically, I, I watched him play and I just refined, you know, the kid, he was 17 at the time and, um, he's just naturally talented. He's a killer drummer. That guy's been great all the time, but all yeah. I did with him is just kind of study his posture, um, the way his kit was set up and helped him, uh, pull the kit into the way that his body works and and also worked on his hand technique a little bit to kind of open up the sound of his drums. And they were cutting demos in the studio and the kit that they had in there was an old beat up kit and the heads were just trashed and garbage. And they'd been basically like spending the, the afternoon part of the, you know, up until about five o'clock, they were writing, you know, guitar, vocals, like kind of writing and getting some ideas. And then in the evening, they would record demo drums for the record. Well, after... My first lesson with Zach, I came back the next day. I was hired in to, to teach him for a week, and I came in the second day, the morning after um, they had recorded for the first time. And right. the first thing that um, the demo producer walks up to me, he goes, hey, man, what did you do to the drum kit last night? And I was like, I was like, I didn't do anything. I didn't, we didn't even touch the kit. It was literally sitting over in the corner. He's like, God, whatever you did, the snare drum sounded amazing. And I was like, I didn't touch it. We we didn't even get close to it. We were sitting and practicing on a pad over in the corner, you know, like we didn't even touch the drums. And it was just that one the, that one little piece of, of uh, ergonomics that I did with him on the kit and the way as far as the way he sat and the way he held a stick changed that snare drum sound for them in a demo session. Like they were like, this is the best this snare drum has ever sounded. And it has, I didn't do anything, you know? So that just goes to show you like, the technique, the player, the, you know, those things matter too. And, and that was a big part of the way, that's a big part of the way that snare drum sounds, the way his snare drum sounds when he plays on records. Like it's just yeah. the way he hits the drum. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to be, have been a little tiny piece of why, of why that record sounds the way it does. 
Um, well, but, that doesn't surprise yeah. me now that you tell me that. That's I didn't know that. That's incredible. You yeah. know, another record that was really, I think, transformative in terms of drum mixes was the Metallica's Black album, at least for like metal. Like when that came right. out, nothing had drums anywhere near that. Right. And, and we all sat back. Like that was the first record I ever listened to as a kid. And I was like, oh man, that sounds good. So yeah, yeah this Rock. is why it's a Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> this is why it's important to learn the science of how drums work. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like when you understand this stuff, you see what a transformation it can have. I mean, these stories, this is the real real life equivalent of what this knowledge teaches you. So if you want to get this stuff down and you want to learn the science of how drums work and get the fast track and not sit there and have to wade through hundreds of, you know, days of useless YouTube stuff, you know, you get right over here, ultimatedrumproduction.com and you learn it from Matt because Matt is the dude. He knows this stuff better than anybody I've ever even heard of. And uh, you know, we producers, we, we get the bands, we can hire anybody, you know, and, uh, we hire guys like Matt. So you just might as well learn it from Matt because Matt's going to, not only Matt, are you a great tech musician, producer, etc., but you're also a great educator and you have lots of experience doing that. So you know how to actually teach. And, uh, that's a rare thing. So you've got like this crazy calculus of all this stuff. So you go to <laughs> ultimate and you get going with that. So, all right, the next section here, um, let's talk about tuning. And this is yeah. something, um, there's a couple of things that really blew my mind in here. So the basic synopsis is you're going to learn how to properly tune drums from multiple genres to get the best possible sound, no matter what you are working on, as well as make cheap drum sets sound amazing. Right. Before I let you go on a tangent, I just want to say something about something that I learned from you that really changed my view of drums. And that is every other drummer I have ever worked with when I was coming up, come into my studio and they'd be like, dude, tune the toms to thirds. Can you put the toms in fourths? Um, what note should I tune this floor, Tom? Can it be a C sharp? You know, And I'm just like, uh, okay. And I sit there and I, we try to do it and it just never really worked. And then I learned from you that you can't actually tune a drum to a note. And then you explain the physics behind it. And my eyes opened up and I went, oh man, that makes a lot of sense. So I started right. focusing on tuning drums to sound the best for the drum and the genre. And wow, what a difference. I mean, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there is a misconception out there that, that you can tune drums to note. And, and part of that misconception is the fact that you know, the way the human brain works, it tends to, it, you know, most people don't know this, but the brain will filter out what it doesn't like. It will literally see the world in the most positive way possible all the time. And what I mean by that is that is there's a great analogy of um, uh, guys, uh, you know, people that work at garbage dumps. You know, everybody's like, oh, that's got to be a horrible job. The smell, the smell's got to be awful. And you know what? It is awful for those guys for about the first 10 days. And then after that, they don't smell it anymore. The brain literally turns off the smell of the of the dump. So they go, They just go to work like anybody else. You know, they don't you smell the garbage. just made garbage man so much more exciting. Like, right. I mean, I, I hate <laughs> that smell, but man, like if that's all I got to do is hang out with trash for nine days to never smell it again, like right. sign me up. <laughs> right. So, you know, so the brain, the brain works and, and it really does like get rid of the stuff that we don't want to hear or to smell or to see. Like you can, you make your own, you know, the brain makes your own universe basically. And so how that applies to drums is, you know, heads, when you strike a drum head, there's, there's all these ways that it's moving and each way that the head is moving is inharmonic from 
each other, which means yeah. that that they're not in a uh, pleasing uh, pitch reference. Like so, the difference between the two pitches are first of all, they're not based off of actual notes in the music scale. The music scale is based off of what's pleasing and has developed over thousands of years and is not based off of frequencies. It's based off of, of pleasing intervals. And some of those are based off of actual frequencies like A440. Like A tuned to 440 is a, is an actual an actual frequency that's like, you know, zero, zero. There's no dots after it, right? There's no decimal points. Well, in the drums, that doesn't happen. Like that only happens if one if one of those is an actual frequency that has a zero zero after it. Then none of the rest of them are, and they are not. They are the the way that those interact with each other. They don't scale with with uh, actual musical scale that we're used to working in. Um, so the inharmonics of the way that the drum head works conflict with the tone of the drum, like. You know, it, it's technically impossible to tune to an actual note. It really is because there's so many overtones happening from this inharmonic reaction of the way that one drum head is moving. This is just one drum head. If we add the second drum head on the bottom, it, that interaction between the top and the bottom creates ma- like mass chaos in the drum. You know, <laughs> like it really does. But the, what I go into is a way for you to tune those two heads. Um, in, in a manner that strengthens the most audible tone in the drum. And what happens is when you strengthen the most audible tone, your brain filters out all the stuff that it doesn't want to hear. It focuses on the good stuff. It focuses on the good note. It focuses on whatever is the most prominent sound coming from that drum. So what I teach in the tuning section is how to tune the drum to get that most prominent note to be as centered as possible in a pitch. Um now, because of that, some of some people might say, well, then if, if our brain doesn't hear the other stuff, then you could totally tune to note. And they, my answer to that is, yes, in theory, you could tune to a note, but the amount of time it takes you to get to that note is not worth the outcome at the end. You know, like it's that, uh, that you know, is the juice worth the squeeze type of analogy. <laughs> like, you know, you could spend forever really dialing in this drum, this drum to a certain note, but there's a there's a couple things you're forgetting. One, does the drum actually want to sit there, and is it, and are the materials that are involved in the composition of that drum uh, going to be sympathetic with the that frequency? Like, you don't know what kind of life the wood lived before it was turned into this drum. You God know? forbid the drummer smacks it twenty seconds later and completely changes the tuning after one right, hit. Right? You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you know, the physical makeup of the shells themselves, like, you know, if the wood was under stress, if, you know, say maple tree A was used to make shell one and maple tree uh, B was used to make shell shell two, you know, the stresses of those two maple sh- trees could be completely different from each other. And therefore, the makeup of those two drums that might be the same size and same dimensions, they might not want to, to resonate at the same frequencies. Um, so... You know, Matt, for, listen, it's crazy. This is, this is rubbish, man. I just want you to tune my <laughs> drums to some notes. I don't care about all these stupid excuses. It's small time. <laughs> just give me some thirds. I want to see sharp on that floor time. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. It's just going to take me forever, and that's going to cost you a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was just such a game changer for me, you know? So like, okay, let's give some tuning tips here. Like, so for those of you out there are wondering, okay, so how do you, what do you listen for? And you had a really good way that you explained this to me about the drum opening up and increasing in volume. Like, what do you listen for when you're tuning a drum to sit where it should be sitting or like within that range? Right. So when you're working with, uh, when you're working, let's just say you're working with the batter head, for example. So the, the resonant head is on the drum, but it's sitting on a towel, which is the way that you should tune the heads, muting the other head. You don't want to tune the drum on a stand until the drum, the, the heads are in tune with themselves. Um, so we're working on just the batter head. There is a point where once, if you're evenly increasing the tension on the head, there there are probably several points during this, you know, knowing the harmonic overtones of any instrument, um, there's a couple, you know, several points where the head will actually just come alive. And, and what happens is, the the vo- like you said the volume increases as soon as you get to that pitch where where that shell wants to live the volume of the head just sitting on the shell will will increase and what what's happening there is the the engagement of the shell is sympathetic with the tuning range that that head is in and that right. happens that happens on both sides both sides of the drum and what's crazy is when you when it happens on both sides of the drum, if you're using a thicker head on the top and a, a thinner head on the bottom, that's usually in predictable intervals from each other. And what I mean by that is like a smaller drum, the interval between the batter head, which is going to be the lower of the two, and the resonant head, which will be the higher of the two, the interval decreases. So let's say we have an eight-inch tom. The interval between the two heads would might be a minor second or even less than a minor second apart, but the drum will sound in like it like I said, it'll strengthen that main tone. The 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 main tone of the drum will be strengthened because the way that the heads are interacting each other on that diameter shell is is sympathetic. And if we go to a bigger drum, say a 16-inch drum, the interval increases to something like a perfect fourth or a perfect fifth, somewhere around in that interval in between the two, depending on the depth of the drum. Um, you know, the, and those two intervals, because of the size of the the size of the diameter and the depth of the shell, will bring will start to move sympathetically and within in tune with what the drum wants to do. You know, like I said, each shell has its own kind of a fundamental that it wants to sit at, a place that it becomes alive, that it resonates and it gets excited about living in. And the the idea behind tuning is to find one of those points and accentuate it because that's where you know that's where a drum cuts through a mix the best is when it's a when it speaks loudly and clearly it cuts through a mix just like crazy and you know for those of you that are like well these runs are like in C sharp you know so we definitely need to be in the C sharp uh, dominant scale that's not going to matter with drums like most times out of 10 like 9 times out of 10 drums are t- drums are so short in their life, as far as the the length of the note, in comparison to everything else, that that's not going to matter. Like you just hear the attack, you maybe hear some thump, and then they go away. You know, and <laughs> it's just, it's just the re- reality of the situation. And I've never, I have never, and I will say this, like honest, hand to God, I've never had a problem with a tom being out of tune of the song just because it was like in the wrong pitch. I've never I'll tell had you that a problem. Secret. Neither have I, nor have I ever cared. No one's ever been like, dude, you know? That floor tom, bro, it doesn't quite fit with the bass note. (laughs) Yeah, dude, this mix sucks. Like, I can't believe the tom is ringing, like, you know, 
a major third in a minor key. Like, dude, right. what, are you, what are you doing, man? Like, you're, you're fired. Yeah. You, hire, you should have hired this guy. <laughs> yeah. So. The, cra- the crazy thing I've noticed is, like, when drums are actually are in tune, like, say, by, by chance, they do line up with the key of whatever the song is. You know, I, I know a lot of people subscribe to that method, and they think it, it, it helps the, the drums cut through. In my experience, it makes it way more difficult. I have to do a lot more processing on the mix side to get that drum to cut through the same way as if it was just living in its own territory with that as you know non-existent of the key of the song you know imagine uh, that it's right? crazy right <laughs> well i'll tell you what if you want to learn how to properly tune drums like a boss and do it right and get the best possible sound no matter what you're working on you know, as well as make cheap drum sets sound amazing, you get over to ultimatedrumproduction.com right now and you go take this course from Matt because it's just like, I can't believe the amount of value you're getting. What we're charging for this course is literally less than you charge for an hour of your time to tech. So for Matt to show up and like clean his shoes off and like stretch out and like open up his, you know, open up a couple of head packages, you know, you get the course for less than a cost to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, dude, I love you. <laughs> but uh, you guys got to get over to ultimatedrumproduction.com. So let's talk about identifying the source. Now, this is right. the fourth section here of the ultimate drum production course. Right. And, um, you know, the synopsis here is that you're going to learn the sonic characteristics of the materials, which drums are made out of, you know, the characteristics of different microphones and uh, what to do if your drum room isn't amazing. And I think I want to kind of talk about that maybe a little bit because right. there's a lot of us out there. Like I do, my, my first drum room was like 10 feet by 11 feet and nine feet high. It, it wasn't is a that, drum room. Is that the picture you just posted like recently? Yes. Yeah, my parents sold that house where I built my first studio in, um, and uh, I kind of I, they I was in there like the other night for the last time in my life, and a lot of crazy things came out of that room, including unstoppable recording machine, and uh, man, it was kind of like it was kind of sad, but you know I made a lot of great records in that room, and I didn't know how to record drums at all most of the time I was in there, but it didn't stop me from, you know, that room wasn't a limiting factor for me to be able to get you know like a major label sounding stuff that was released and uh right make stuff that was competitive so you know well, you just got to know what the hell you're doing so yeah i saw that room and i was like oh this is not a bad room it's uh, you well, know i'll tell you what sucks I mean, about it, it dude it's, small, it's like a trapezoid almost you yeah, know because there's like that corner and it's just a huge buildup of bass and i had to trap right. it so thick all the way to the ceiling to even get a remotely even bass response <laughs> right <laughs> it's horrible but see there's ways to accentuate that for the positive for drums you know like well, i couldn't afford to hire you on any of those bands back then <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, now I just be like, Matt, get on a plane. Let's do yeah, this. For yeah, real. right. <laughs> yeah. The, um, so the, the, the source, the source makeup of drums is, is, is it gets a lot more complicated than most other instruments. Cause it's like one of the last, uh, like truly acoustic instruments. You have the voice and the drums is, especially, I mean, in this instance, in regards to rock and metal music, you know, like most, the, most guys aren't even amping, you know, miking up an amplifier anymore for guitars. It's just it's true. A, a cable into a direct box into your interface or straight into your interface, and then what? And then you know, 
JST plugins, you know? Like you know what's funny? You're saying that right now and literally I turn over my shoulder and I have all these amp racks with all these awesome amps and I'm actually selling all of my heads. Well, I mean, I only mix and I don't need them, but I can't remember the last time I mic'd a head. It was probably like two or two and a half years ago. I've been using Sims. Right. And uh, for me to do that, and I am a tube amp freak guitar nerd, dude, um, That's that tells you something like- right. uh, I'll be honest, like I'm getting pretty, I'm getting pretty damn good mixes with Sims and better than I want to admit. Uh, I mean, I still like, if I'm playing guitar, I still want to play through a real amp, but like, right. um, you know, when I'm recording guitar, man, I'm cutting DIs and I'm throwing it into my, my, one of my favorite Sim presets. So there you go. You know, I mean, that just shows to prove, you know, I mean, I literally have, a, a, literally I turning around and I have a bunch of heads on the floor that, are, you know, Joe, my assistant is taking pictures of and putting up for sale. <laughs> yeah. Literally, so- it's crazy. So that, you know, that being said, you have the human voice, which is, you know, an acoustic instrument. And that's really easy to kind of isolate a bad room. You know, it's really easy to get a a vocal performance that's usable in in a crappy room. All you have to do is, is, you know, get one of those, uh, lots of foam around it and kind of isolate the microphone into a workable space. Not a big deal. It's pretty easy to do that. But with drums, you're, you're completely based off the acoustics that you're in, really. And, uh, so your source makeup of a, of a drum is not just the drum and the heads and the tuning. It's also the room that you're in. And, um, and then it goes into the neck, you know, the, all the way down the chain, like the microphones that you use, that those are huge. That's a huge, huge thing. And, you know, knowing what microphones you have and the EQ that they imprint on the source is a massive, massive thing. And it'll help you understand the drum sounds that you are getting really well if you know what those microphones sound like. And and that's really what microphones are. Microphones are the first source of EQ on your drums. Then if you don't believe me, then just watch the section that we literally just cut to add to this because I thought we needed to go through, we needed to go into into more depth about microphones because I, I talked about them, I showed placements and we have examples in real world situations. But I, I literally was sitting there the other day and I'm like, we need more information on microphones. Microphones are overlooked by a lot of people as far as how important they are into the sound of drums. So, oh, it's true. I mean, come on, a perfect example. Like the guy across the hall, man, he does he doesn't know anything about any of this stuff. He just puts the stuff up and hits record and like doesn't worry about it. He doesn't even tune his drums before a session. I'm thinking like <laughs> if he knew half of the stuff, even a quarter of the stuff, you knew like how much better his drum sounds would be. And right. I keep telling him, but he doesn't want to listen to me. And, uh, you know, microphones, placements, and inputs is actually the fifth section of this. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? You can see how in-depth this stuff is going. It's so important to understand this stuff. And I think it's really important to note, Matt, that, you know, we've taken this approach from the course where it's like anybody who's like a seasoned world-class pro who competes on an A-list is going to learn something from it. But like anybody else out there who's just starting or mid-level or anywhere in between is going to get something, whether you're a drummer, whether you're a studio engineer, you know, for drummers, like this is the opportunity for you to learn how to communicate with the studio engineer and actually get your opinion taken seriously um, by the producers and things like that, because you know what's up and be loved by them because you know what's going on. And for the engineers, you know, this is a way for you to really solidify your legacy and um, be sought after and really impress people and just give them such value and, uh, you know, such knowledge. And this is like your first impression that artist walks in the studio 
when you come in and you just start ripping and killing amazing sounding drums and they're just gonna they're gonna know they hired the right person and that's that reputation is priceless it so really i is. mean it really it's is. amazing. So I'll let you carry on more about yeah. placement and inputs and microphones. Well, I mean, just to go back to the source a little bit more, we also go, you know, like it, this isn't just about the drums. It also goes into cymbals as well and explains like how important cymbal selection is for the overall sound of your drums. You know, like you can make a killer, killer recording with a cheap $200 drum set but putting the right heads, the right tuning, the right mics, and the right cymbals on the kit. If you upgrade, if you have the right cymbals from the beginning, it'll make this, it'll make the cheapest kit you can find sound a hundred times better. Like, Oh, I cannot agree more, Matt. If there's yeah. anything that pisses me off more than anything <laughs> when Save it comes to mixing. Yeah, B8. Well, yeah, don't tell Josh Newell. He will find you and destroy you if you find, if you use B8 on a recording. He <laughs> he hates them more than anybody and we hate them almost just as much. So, they don't man, make I'll an EQ this. with enough uh they don't make an EQ with enough dip switches for the the B8. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I had to invent an entire plugin called DF Clarify to just mathematically <laughs> go in and make that stuff not sound like garbage. So, right. nothing sucks more, man, than like when a drummer comes into your studio and they have garbage cracked symbols that are just, and, they, and they're all, there's no amount of EQ that can save your sanity and the blood that will come out of your ears and the tears of blood you will cry when you get to mixing. No matter how good your mics are, how good your room is, right. man, when the symbols suck. Session killer. <laughs> oh man. It, it make it, it brings like a tear to my eye because I have, I have sat in a room and just sat there and recorded symbols. I'm like, I'm going to hate my life later. I'm going to hate my life. And I get to mixing and I'm like, man, and then I'm referencing and I'm going, oh, why do my symbols suck? And you know, this is so important to get right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, so I touched it base on that and go into detail. I mean, it's symbols are, are relatively easy in explanation versus drums. There's, you can't change the way a symbol sounds, you know, like a symbol is a symbol. So it, you can hit but, it with a sledgehammer that helps. Right. <laughs> you can change what you hit it with and you can, you can maybe hammer it a little bit more if you want to change it. But as far as like, as far as like, you know, being able to provide versatility in a symbol, it's, it's not really there like it is in the drums, but it, I do go into how to uh, choose the symbols that would be best appropriate for the studio. I go into that and, you know, basically kind of I explain how symbols work and how they're made to to people so they can so they can invest in a nice set of symbols if they if they have the budget or want to save time in their recording. Um, I mean it just makes sense. Like why wouldn't you get something that's amazing and buy it once and um, get yeah, yeah. a great sounding recording every time which will get you more clients and allow you to make more money and attract more you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. you get a lot of bang for your buck out of something like that. I mean look this information is is so important and I feel like everybody that needs it needs it that records like everybody like there's no reason not to get this information. It's the like I said the the, the price point we're offering at this and the amount of value you're getting. It's it, to me it's ridiculous. Like it almost. It, it's almost shocking how, right. how good what you're teaching is and how much of it there is. And just, you know, there's all these awesome bonuses and other stuff, things that we threw in, but I mean, like it doesn't need it. Like all that stuff aside, the core offering here of ultimate drum production is just so mind blowing. Like, 
I mean, I, I kind of want to go home and watch it again after this, because I feel <laughs> like every time I do Matt, legitimately, I'm picking up new things from it. And I'm like, oh, I missed that last time. You know, and I'm, I feel like I'm an old dude. Like I've been around, I'm teaching people how to record and mix and master for a living. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like learning stuff about it. And I'm like, man, I feel like I should already know this, but damn, that's how good it is. It's just, it's, it's crazy. So you guys need to go over to ultimatedrumproduction.com and get on the train here with Matt, because it's just like, if you're not, I feel sorry for the people that aren't taking advantage of this. That, Cause man, like the people that take this are just going to be savage. It's going to be straight beast mode. They're going to get up there. Their drum mixes are going to annihilate. These are the guys that are going to be pushing the industry forward. And you're yeah. all going to be listening to their records in a couple of years from now going, man, how did you get that drum sound? And they're just going to be like, Oh, you know, and we're going to be like, and then I'm going to, I'm going to go in and I'm going to I'm gonna look through the database here and I'm going to look them up and see that they took UDP and I'm going to smile and I'm going to be like, aha. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it, it's it just, it, that's it's gonna happen. Mark my words. I know, and it's gonna happen a lot of times. So, man, ultimatedrumproduction.com. This this offering is just incredible. So let's talk about the mixing section. And yeah. I think it's cool because you know there's a lot of bonus stuff. Like uh, I did some bonus content and mixing like samples and all kinds of stuff like that. But you know, you know, Matt's gonna teach you how to mix, uh, take small rooms and make them huge, make minimal mic setup sound massive. You know, all these different way, unique ways of approaching a drum mix, and you know, just getting the most out of your drum sounds without relying. On samples, and that is just so huge, and something I feel like is a secret, deep down desire for every single person who ever has mixed a record that's had to use samples. It's like the macho tough guy in us is like, dude, I want to mix real drums and get them on par with one of my sample mixes, if not better. Right. And um, and most of us don't have the skills to do that. And you're gonna show us how to do that and uh, to muscle that stuff out. Yeah, we have so in the in the course, you know, we have four real world examples that are uh, different genres. We have four different genres ranging from uh, an alternative pop all the way to a metal. And not only that, there's also, you know, with miking the kit, we go from a single mic all the way up to five mics and then we jump into eight mics and up. And it's incredible. I, and I go through, you know, not only placement and mic choice of of, you know, where things are going or ideas for placement because you know let's be honest there's a there is a big part of identifying your drum sound as a as a producer that involves you know taking the information that I've given you and and playing and experimenting and trying to find your voice. I mean, then that's really yeah, where the- you need the fundamentals though. You need to learn to walk before exactly. you can run and you can find your voice much faster and more effectively. Exactly. It's like, I'm the training wheels and you're riding the bike. And once you, once you get used to riding that bike, you can throw the training wheels away. You have that knowledge of what it feels like to be balanced and you can go and do your own thing. And then you be, can start jumping with bikes or whatever, you know, like whatever bike <laughs> riders do nowadays, you know. Um, they flip and they, they really do some crazy right. stuff. Right, exactly. And, you know, so, you know, the idea of, of what I'm presenting there is is like, here's some ideas and easy ways to start. And you can go from there and, and make your own choices. But in the mixing section, I... I jump into those minimal miking techniques all the way up to the Luke Collin uh, metal section at the end with Luke Collin playing where there's 28 inputs and, you know, he has a four-piece kit. So 28 inputs on a four-piece kit. Let's do the math. That's that's quite a lot of mics. Um, <laughs> that's that's it's, incredible. It's, it's overkill is what it is. But 
do it. We had it, so we did it, you know? Um, but in the mixing side, I think what's what's interesting about the mixing side is, at least from my perspective, is I'm each one of these genres is approached differently. Each one of these mic setups is kind of, you know, showing the way to get kind of a characteristic drum sound from the beginning. And and there's a lot of versatility in the mixing sections. I try I I deliberately tried to present different ways and different uh, thought processes and and just conceptual ideas of how to mix drums. Um, and so you know this isn't is this isn't like just watching one guy, you know, like a, a typical nail the mix where you know he has his drum sound and he dials in his drum sound. This is the way he did this drum sound for this song. Period. You know, and and it's it goes beyond that. It's it's a it's a lot more versatile and shows you different concepts as as, as far as how to get a drum sound. You can go from a jazz something that's very jazzy. And I show you how to dive into that type, that type of uh, you know classic rock jazzy thing, all the way to something that's super technical metal. And and along the way, I'm changing all of those techniques up just a little bit. Um, I think this is worth noting. I don't feel like people really quite may may not quite grasp. You've literally worked with artists like Cannibal Corpse and uh, Monuments, all the way to like Drowning Pool, all the way down to like um, John Anderson of Yes. I mean, yeah. you've worked the whole gamut. I mean, a lot of people don't understand like a drum tech that comes in that does like a lot of vintage stuff isn't going to get modern drum jet right. sounds, you know, like you get how to make those sounds all the way across the thing. You've, you've been on sessions with A-list producers in all these genres and you have this knowledge. And I feel like that's really just worth mentioning here because I don't know, it's just incredible the amount of experience you have at doing this. It just blows my mind. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm very fortunate to have, have grown up and, and had the exposure to all of it. I mean, just like a, like literally probably three weeks ago, I had a jazz a world renowned jazz trio with um a good a good drummer friend of mine who but the the trio itself is world renowned a piano bass and drums I had them in the studio cutting a record live and he's you know he's one of those drummers that usually brings his kid everywhere but when I when we booked the session I you know he said oh I'm just gonna bring my cymbals and snare. Don't worry, I'll I'll let you do the drums. And, you know, so I set up the drums and I tuned them and I, you know, got the whole room set up and I tracked, so we tracked 15 songs on that day. The next day I had a metal band come in and do drums for, you know, do another <laughs> six songs for their record, like literally the next day. So I had to, you know, the whole room got changed, the whole drum setup got changed, everything was, you know, and I went from one extreme to the next. And in, you know, 48, you know, but in 48 hours I had recorded two records that one was jazz, one was metal, so I bet you didn't even break a sweat. And the cool no, thing is, it, for I our had, listeners, I have it there, that could you know? be a reality, man. Like you could have those types of chops. Yeah, it's, that's it's it's nice to have the versatility for sure. I mean, as an engineer, it opens up the gate to to anybody that wants to come in. I'm not, you know, doesn't I'm, it? It's I amazing. Mean, it's amazing. I always did a lot of different genres. You know, I, I'm glad I never like exploded in one genre to a point where I could only work on it. I mean, it's, I've worked in so many different genres in my life and worked with so many different types of artists. And I really believe because I was adaptable in my career and I really tried to learn different styles of music and stuff like that made me a better overall producer, a better overall mixer. You know, mm -hmm. I can mix pop and, uh, you know, for example, I just had the no a number one song in Japan doing like uh, guitar pop stuff. And
and I, I can mix EDM and pop at the same level I can mix metal or rock. Yeah. And it's just awesome to be able to do that because these skills transfer is what, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, like these skills transfer across genres. Oh, if you take the time to learn them and it gives you a new thing. Like for example, when Billy Decker called us, when he, he was taking nail the mix, I'm like, Billy, dude, you got like 13 number ones, dude. You were like one of the top call country guys. Why are you learning nail the mix? You should be teaching us. And he laughs and he goes, dude, I'm here because I like what you guys do with your metal drum sounds and stuff. And he's like, I want to take that to Nashville because no one's doing it, dude. And right. it's going to mess everybody up. And he's like, I'm going to be the guy <laughs> that brings it. I mean, think about how he's thinking, man. Is right. Exactly. Any question to you why he's like one of the number one dudes? I mean, no, it's it, just it makes yeah. total sense, man. He's he's crossing. He's crossing the boundaries, you know, like and that and that's really where I'm coming from, too, is like I have the experience in all these genres and to be able to mix genres and to blend sounds and create something new in a particular genre, just because, you know, they're not used to hearing these sounds. It's, it's, it's really so refreshing. It's really you live refreshing. You die as a producer by your ability to do that. Like, it, you exactly. know, he who creates the next big thing is the person for the next decade. And it and right. takes, you know, that's the unicorn. It's like, that's what Joey did. And, you know, his little garage, he invented that sound. And he was the metalcore guy. And I mean, look, look at his career. If you want to see a perfect example of what yeah. that can do for you. So, yeah, for sure. All right, well, we're going to get a little bit wrapped up here. So I just want to take a second here, Matt, to chat out with the audience. And, you know, I want you guys here listening to imagine what your life is going to be like when you can get an A-list drum sound in any room with any set of equipment or what your life will be like when you don't need to hire a drum tech like Matt, because he's expensive, even though he's good, because you have the expertise and mastery to already make any drum kit sound amazing. Or, you know, what would your life be like when you don't have to rely on your mixing skills to fix your drum sounds? Hello, that was a big problem in my life. Or, you know, imagine what your life is going to be like when you can easily get the drum sound out of your head to come through your speakers. My friends here, this is the opportunity to do that, okay? And like I said, I'm offering you this information. Somebody's entire life, what did you say, Matt? 39 years of 39 playing. 39 years, yeah. Yeah, 39 years of drum experience, thinking about it every day with a passion. I mean, I mean, I like drums and I went after drums when I was working on them in you know, my career, but I mean, I didn't sit around all day, every day thinking about them for years, you know, let, let alone a decade, even a year, you know what I mean? So you are taking one of the most brilliant minds in the entire world and taking that information and you can implant it directly into your head. And, um, you know, you just got to ask yourself, you know, like, what is my time worth? Do I want to sit there for the next 10 years and struggle and do the hard, hard this the hard way? Or do I want to get on the fast track and really learn this stuff from the best of the best of the best and take that information and leverage that time, you know, for, like I said, for less than literally what it costs to go out and hire Matt for a day and take that lever leverage your entire life. You're leveraging the life of a human being and using it to advance your own skills and do who knows what type of incredible thing for your art, for your legacy, for your reputation. So that is the offer and what we are so proud and excited to present to you because we know that this is going to change lives. You know, I can't guarantee that you're going to do the work, but I believe that if you come in and you take every, you know, watch every video and do all the chats and get involved in the community and go through and do the homework and really, really work on this stuff, it, it, there's no reason that you're not going to up your drum game and it, it could really change things for you. So head over to ultimate drum Matt, I want to thank you for 
one, not only taking the time to do this today and talk about this incredible, incredible offering that you've put together. This course is really, really, really groundbreaking stuff, in my opinion. And um, not only that, but just like being so cool and knowledgeable and being willing to share your information with people out there because people are hungry like never before. They want to learn. They want to make great music. They want to do better sounding records than we did when we were, you know, that came before them. So I, I think it's it's really a, an amazing and it's a very noble thing of you to do. So I just want to thank you for, you know, being the guy who went out and learned all this stuff and was so passionate about, and then just being so willing to share that information that it's just incredible. Oh, thank you for actually coming to me and asking me to do it. Like it, I, like I said before, at the beginning, I'm just super excited to get this out there. I love teaching. I still do it actively on a regular basis. I teach a high school drumline and percussion section here in town at the Arts Magnet. I also teach the recording class uh, part-time. And, you know, I just love educating. I, I really like getting the information out there. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that think by exposing the secrets, you're, you're killing your own career. And I think the exact opposite. I think by telling people what I know and what I've learned over my life that it'll expand their lives, but it'll also enhance mine beyond I can beyond what I can ever imagine. So thank you Absolutely. for thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity. I would like to to close this out, uh, you know, kind of getting away from the sales pitch for a little bit and just say that I want to ask Forrester about the drums on Carnival. And I think I know what kit he used, what heads he used, what mics he used. And I want to put this out there to see how accurate I am. And this is all, all based right. of this is all based off of the the information that I know that is presented in the course. Like this the idea of, you know, each sonic fingerprint is there. So I wanna I wanna say that the the drum set was a Pearl Masters Maple series. Probably the four ply rings with the four ply shell. Um, I, I want to say the toms were uh, ten inch, fourteen and sixteen. Uh, so ten by eight, fourteen by fourteen, sixteen by sixteen. Uh, the kick drum was a twenty two by eighteen. I want to say that the heads were coated emperors on the top, clear ambassadors on the resonant side for the toms. Um, the snare drum was probably a. I want to say it was a. Uh, probably a steel a steel snare drum with uh, die-cast hoops, die-cast hoops on the toms as well, uh, coated emperor on the snare drum batter, ambassador hazy on the snare side with a standard 20-inch 20 20-inch 20 strand. Um, the tom mics were uh, 421s. The snare drum top was a 57. Snare drum bottom was a 57. Kick drum sounded to me like a D112. Um, possibly with a, a beta 52 on the outside and maybe a, a 91 on the inside. I don't know. I haven't opened up the session, so I'm just guessing <laughs> um, <laughs> just from the way they sound. Uh, overheads, I want to say the overheads were probably 414s. Um, and as far as the room mics, probably an 87, a U87, and maybe a U47. So, Forrester, <laughs> if you're listening to this, please let me know how accurate I am. And I, if I'm if I'm wrong, then I will uh, I'll buy you a, a bottle of bourbon or something. <laughs> <laughs> if you even get like one of those things right, I'll be I'll be pretty impressed because I I, I just listen to it. I'm like that sounds awesome. I have no idea how to get that sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other than you know, I can listen to it and try to chase it with EQ and flipping out samples and stuff. So, well, Matt, thank you so much for your time, everybody. Please head over to Ultimate Drum Production. 
ultimatedrumproduction.com and uh, get on Ultimate Drum Production. This is the opportunity to take and change your drum game into something incredible. As you can see, Matt is a legend for a reason. And anybody who's ever worked with Matt or learned from Matt knows that Matt is the best of the best. So thank you so much for your time. I'm Joel Wanasek. You were listening to the Unstoppable Recording Machine podcast. Podcast theme, go. To get in touch with the URM podcast, visit urm.com slash podcast and subscribe today.